Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's all about being creative. We could sit down and come up with different scenarios. So that's what I love to do. Like sit down with masterminds and come up with ideas of how we can hedge inflation. Because at the end of the day, the stock market is not doing too great. I know a lot of people that have lost money. So it's like diversification is great. But it's like, to me, real estate is like, no matter what, whether interest rates are going down or high, you can always make a nice return in real estate from the inception, from the beginning when you get into the deal. From the very beginning till you get to the deal, your exit strategy is there. You already know there's money there when you get in. So that's the type of deals that I get into. But that would be something that I would, you know, mastermind with other mastermind and business owners or investors who want to leverage their credit because most people only know credit from like, oh, let me go get financing from a lender, not knowing how they can do it through another way. Like, let's go the business funding way. Let's get the money from there. We can put it here. Then we can move around and we can keep doing this in over and over with different joint venture partners. So if we're doing partnerships in real estate, we have a lot of people, then we can always work with everyone in this group doing the same thing. I repeat. Welcome to the Share the Wealth Show, where minority professionals can learn to escape the racial wealth gap and catapult themselves into abundance. Your host, Nicole Pendergrass, grew her net worth from being negative to multiple six figures. Join her on her investigative mission to expose secret strategies of the wealthy so we can all have the tools needed to build the life and legacy we were created to possess. Now it's time for the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back for another episode of the Share the Wealth Show. This is the show where we discuss strategies on how to grow, build, and protect minority wealth. And Today, we're going to do something a little different. We actually have a ton of great episodes in our archives. Since the inception of the show, I've had the pleasure of talking to so many phenomenal people, and I want their information and the strategies and tips and mindset that they have to be shared with the world, and I don't want it to be buried in the past, right? So today is Flashback Friday Featured Edition. And I hope you enjoyed the message from one of our previous guests because it's really so impactful and you need to take a listen. We'll see you next time for our regularly scheduled episodes, but stay tuned for today. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Share the Wealth Show. My name is Nicole Pendergrass. I'm your host. And today we have the pleasure of speaking with Dale Garcia. Dale is a force to be reckoned with in the credit 
industry. She helps individuals build business credit and leverage those lines to purchase assets and to really build up your ability to participate in wealth building strategies. So debt is a very controversial subject, I will say, but she really outlines how to use it smartly. You can't just use debt with any strategy just for consumeristic items. But if you have a plan in place behind it, and if you partner with people and come together, you can really make some big moves in the industry or whatever it is that you're looking to do. Dali actually had issues in the recession and she went through the recession with her job and with losing almost everything that she had. And after that, She learned to separate her business credit from her personal. She created entities and learned how to build business credit. Now, helping other people succeed has always been something that has been deep in her spirit. And so she assists people with foreclosures, with collections, with bankruptcies, with judgments and repossessions. And now she wants them to be able to pursue happiness. And that was her drive. So business owners needed access to business funding to help guide them there and help guide them to getting that funding so they could take their business or their investing to the next level. And so whether you are for or against debt, this is an episode that you really need to listen to. Stay tuned because she digs into some big mindset and creative strategies. Hello, welcome everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Share the Wealth Show. And today we have with us Dale Garcia. Oh my goodness, this is my girl. She knows so much. Um, You have to stay tuned, listen to the whole entire episode, get your pen and your paper. I already know it's going to be crazy. So, hey, Dale, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me, Nicole. I really appreciate being here. Part of the, the Share the Wealth show. I mean, this is big. This is huge. Like we're opening up new avenues so people can understand information on finances and how they can leverage credit, how they can get into the real estate investment. This is so much fun. I really appreciate you having me here. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. And thank you for sharing, being willing to share the information that you have, you know, went through blood, sweat and tears together. (laughs) You're sharing that information with everyone so they don't have to go through those scars. So let us just get started because I know a general overview. I feel like I'm going to ask you some more in-depth questions and really dig in so that people can understand, you know, where you're coming from. So I gave a high level overview of your bio, but in that you have such a wealth of experience and knowledge. What do you think was the primary, maybe, I don't know, the most transformational piece of information or experience that you went through that just changed the way you either looked at money, the way you looked at finances, just kind of changed the trajectory of how you thought about money and what you were doing to build wealth for your future? And that's such a powerful question because, you know, I born and raised in the Bronx, Bronx in the house, born and raised in the Bronx from Dominican family that immigrated into the United States. So I'm like first born American. So that's where it all started, because, again, a lot of the families that immigrate into the United States, they're looking to come here for opportunities that impact, you know, that it's connected to the U.S. dollar. So growing up as a child, I always heard that like families that were in the Dominican Republic that wanted to immigrate into the U.S. because of the opportunities, because of the dollar versus the peso. Right. So that as a young age, I was always curious, like, well, why are people leaving? Like why they want to come to this other country and why is that so important? And what's the difference? Like aren't people eating and living in those other countries? So then I started to like kind of like 
have an, a big eye for that. So I growing up in the Bronx with you know, my mom, she immigrated from the Dominican Republic. Her first language was Spanish. So, you know, we spoke Spanish fluently in the house, living in an apartment building. I was always fascinated by the landlord coming up to the apartment once a month, because back in the days, it wasn't like digitally, like now, like you can get mm-hmm. mailbox money or whatever. The landlord would knock on your door and my mom would open the door and she would have to give him the check. That's how I used to be. So I used to be fascinated by that. I used to play. So his name was Charles Wright. I'll never forget him because the check <laughs> would be payable to Charles Wright. So I used to tell my mom, I want to be like Charles Wright. So she's like, oh, you will one day, right? So I didn't understand that. I'm like, this guy would come every month and get the check. So I'm like, so he would get the check in everybody's house. Like, wow, that's huge. That's like, you know, that's how you make money. So I would always be interested in that. And, you know, growing up, like not being wealthy, I used to always have a big imagination. Like, I want to have like more, I want to be able to do bigger things. And they always stress education in my household, but being growing up like that and being able to go outside of the Bronx to the suburbs and having the opportunity to look at how other people lived and how they lived in bigger houses, how they lived better, going to better schools. I wanted that for myself too, you know, not knocking my mom and how hard she worked, but I wanted that too. So I was always on that pursuit, like, well, how do I make it? How can I get there too? You know? So that led me to studying a lot of research. I was never really a TV person. And still to this day, I'm not, as you can see, you know, like this is not like a fake background, (laughs) a real book, you know? (laughs) So I read a lot. I've been reading a lot since very young. Like I had like Robert Kiyosaki books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and even like little real estate pamphlets since I was like 12 and 13 living in the Bronx. And I used to ask my mom to always get me them. And some fascination about structure and people living in them and how I can make money and how can I put that together without having anyone in my family to help me. So I felt like that was my calling. Like my spirit was like, you need to break that curse. Like at the time, I didn't know it was like a generational curse or leveling up with a financial acumen, but it was like, oh, that was my responsibility. And I felt like I had to change that for myself and for my family and my legacy. Now, as I got older, I understood that that's what I was doing at that time. So that made me get all these little books. And I was like, well, how do I start getting into getting all this wealth? How do I get myself into getting any kind of financing from lenders? Like, how does that work? How do I go from a girl from the Bronx growing up like this, getting into ownership or having anything? I was always fascinated by that, but did not know what or how to even do it at all. So that led me to reading a lot of these books. And I said, I have to own this. I started learning about credit early, like very early, like even before I even started working on anybody's credit, I was looking at my own, like, FICO scores, trying to understand all of those things. And they started young. So I know it's like kind of crazy because people be like, well, in my 20s, but this is me, ambitious, the young Dolly, the inside, the little child Dolly inside of me that wanted to be successful. You know, always told my mom, I'm going to be a millionaire. I used to tell my mother that I'm going to be a millionaire. I know it, you know, oh and my that's God. how I started. <laughs> Listen. I know you've been digging in, studying everything you can, listening to all the podcasts, reading all the books, even going to meetups. You basically have a degree from YouTube University, right? But you still feel stuck. You don't know how to actually implement what you've learned. You're nervous about taking the next step. And with the economy like it is, especially with the downturn looming, you're even thinking maybe you should just wait it out. I know you've heard that real estate makes more millionaires than any other asset class, 
But you know what else? More millionaires are made in a downturn than any other market cycle. So now is the perfect time to jump in and really get started. I'm super bullish on growing my portfolio this year, and I don't want you to miss out. So I've decided to start the Microfamily Investing Accelerator. This is a mentorship program where I personally guide you through my five proprietary pillars so you can learn how to buy your first commercial multifamily property and scale while not biting off more than you can chew by focusing on five to 20 units. That's what I call microfamily. And so you can also get hands-on guidance from an experienced microfamily investor, me, who's been right where you are, nervous about how to start. And so you can also create the cash flow needed to give you freedom and options to build the abundant life that you were destined to live. So I'll be limiting the first cohort to five students because they'll have direct access to me and I will be heavily invested in their success. The first group is going to start. So if you're ready to grab 2023 by the horns, schedule a free discovery call with me today. The link is in the show notes. Let's hit the ground running in 2023. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. And now let's get back to the show. (laughs) At 12 and 13, that's Mm -hmm. insane. Because, yeah, so you just started as a little hustler, like trying to get it. That's crazy. And to know that you're going to be a millionaire, like I didn't, at 12 or 13, I wasn't thinking about that. Like I was thinking, I I told my mom I wanted to be the president of the United States, which I guess I could, but that's funny. Hate that, like I hate politics. (laughs) And like law, I you know, I like to read, but having to read a whole bunch of like law books, that just seems like, oh God, so boring. So I definitely didn't know what I was talking about, but you knew and you just kept going with it. So, okay. So that was a lot to unpack. So what I'm thinking is, I guess you discovered how important credit was, or you started reading about ownership, real estate, credit, and all those things kind of end up combining. And I'm not sure how aware or unaware you were of that at the time, but as you grow older, What was maybe your first experience with credit, either good or bad, when you're trying to utilize it or with ownership when you're trying to get your real estate? Okay. Well, that's a great question because when I went to college, right? So again, when I was studying and I was like, okay, I know I'm going to be successful. And I felt like education was the only way. That's why I was honing in so hard, that energy that I was in these special classes in these SP programs. And I skipped like the eighth grade and I was getting a lot of attention from like this. I'm part of this organization called the I Have a Dream Foundation and they're in New York. And they started by this man named Eugene Lang and he would go to like the inner city schools in New York City and they would sponsor certain schools like out of the blue. And I was like, so blessed that in the sixth grade, I was one of those classes. So that's what gave me a lot of like insight to see how other people lived in a high level, because these guys were like millionaires and they were like in a sponsorship uh, scenario where they were able to, you know, invest in students. So that's what led me to these eye-opening experiences. Okay. So then I reading these books and understanding these you know, my sponsors, which were the Robinson brothers, one was a lawyer. They lived in Westchester. They had beautiful homes and they owned businesses. And I was also like watching them like, well, I want to do that too. Like, how do I get put on? They own real estate. So asking questions, reading my books. When I went to college, which they sponsored, that's why I mentioned that the I Have a Dream Foundation, they sponsored my whole college education. So it was a free ride for me. And during that time, I started understanding credit. I started pulling my own credit. But then I didn't understand it fully because that's when credit card companies, they start sending you credit cards when you first 
you know, enroll in school, like college. That was my experience. I got my first credit card. I believe it was like $500. I don't remember who it was, but all I know is that the interest rate was high and I was not paying attention to that at that time. I was just using the card. I wasn't understanding payments and, you know, making sure you pay within a certain time, dates that expired, all of those things, utilization, all those things came as I was, you know, misusing my credit. So that was like a nightmare. Then I noticed that my credit score was in the 500s because I had used the credit too much and it wasn't used properly. And that led me to say, well, wait a minute, I got to change this. This was in school. I remember using the computer at school to pull my credit and to analyze this again, even though I was younger doing that, to actually apply this knowledge to my own credit. And I said, well, we got to change that. I got to do something and turn this around. So I started to do that. I started to apply credit to the right places, understanding when timing for payment, I started to see my credit go higher. So I started getting excited. And I'm like, and telling other students, like, what's up with your credit? You guys need to, they were not even paying attention to me at the time. It wasn't important to them. <laughs> Wait, how old were you at this time? You were in college where you were looking up your credit? Yeah, because when I went to college, it was in, I graduated high school in 94, right? Because I skipped the eighth grade, but I didn't go to college right away. I took a year off to work in New York. And then I went to college in 96. So around that time, 1996, it was the time that I went to college and that's when I got my credit card and it was a nightmare. And then I started taking control of it because most of the times when you're not, you know, like in the midst of that information, you're just using the credit. Oh, I got money. And you're not realizing how that impacts you in this country and how it can like, you know, it can either make things better or worse. Yeah, definitely. I think I was in the same exact. No, not absolutely the same opposite, the exact opposite situation. (laughs) Like my mom, the only financial advice I ever got was the only financial advice I ever got was don't open a credit card. I didn't know about credit. I didn't know why. I guess they were evil. Like, don't do it. They're trying to, you know, swindle you, blah, blah, blah. And so I didn't for the first couple of years until I needed money. And I got one of those things in the mail and I was like, okay, why not? And then I summarily start like completely ruined my credit. And it took me probably more than 10 years to really get it back to, you know, where it's supposed to be. And it's just because we weren't thinking about it at that age. And so lack of knowledge. Yeah. Lack of knowledge. And you know what? I was scared because I didn't know. And it's sad because again, I was the first born American. So I was one of those kids that when the mail comes in English and it was a little too complicated, like my mom would be like, can you read this for me and tell me what that means? Like, what are they saying? You know? So I was like the leader, like I had to be the one to try everything trial and error because of course they didn't understand how it was operating here. So that's another reason why I felt responsible because it's like, they would come to me to read their stuff. So I'm like, geez, I'm going to have to be the liaison, the person, the leader to change things here because we got to do better, you know, but you're right. I was scared. I didn't have anybody telling me, Hey Dolly, this is what you need to do. And this is why I teach my son because of the lack that I didn't have kind of like what you experienced. We didn't know what to do. So it's like, I don't want him to be like that. I want him to be ahead. So from very young, I've been teaching from seven He's been learning about credit and FICO and all that from very young. So it's not like a foreign thing to him as an adult. Okay. So what I really want to know, I want to know some juicy stuff. Like I want to know what is the most creative strategy you've used with credit to get assets or to increase your wealth in what kind of way? Like how have you played around with credit, yours or personal or business how did you build that up? Like, what was the most creative high level strategy got you like any kind of 
asset or ownership in something. Okay. So as you know, and that's awesome because that's exactly the powerful nature of credit, how to leverage it and how to be creative with it. Creativity applies to a lot of things. When I was working on my credit in school and I started to realize that, you know, of course I don't come from like a wealthy background or family. I started to see that I had to have larger lines of credit in my credit report to be reporting. But where am I going to get that from when I'm a college student and You know, I don't have anything to fall back on or any assets to show like, hey, so I had to get creative and I started learning about authorized user accounts, piggybacking, usually like what the wealthy or people that have established credit do for their children or their family or spouse does for their husband or wife. If you have excellent credit, you just authorize user, a third party, and that history of that trade line will report onto the personal credit of that third party. So If you have American Express or a Visa card that you've had for more than three or four years, it's been in good standing. You have a line of credit of more than five or $10,000. You've been paying that. It's in low utilization. It's an excellent trade line. That can be transferred into someone else's credit report by adding them as authorized users. So I started to use that strategy on my own credit report, which led me to be able to get my first American Express. I remember it was the gold card. I was like super excited, like, oh my God, I got an American Express, right? Okay, wait, 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 wait. I need you to, I'm sorry, I don't want to cut your train of thought, but I need you to explain that, like dig into you're utilizing that strategy. And so I get it. You have the line of credit that's good. Like it has the five or 10 K it's been three or plus more years. So now you're putting that you're adding an authorized user to your card so that their credit now looks better. How does that benefit you? And how did you use that to get to the next level? So I had some friends, you know, that I had and we, you know, they had great credit. They were older. I've always had like older friends and they were already established. And I was telling them like, I've been working on my credit. So one of them said, well, I have an American Express and I have a MasterCard that, and I can add you as authorized user because we were talking about that. Actually, I was the one educating them about authorized user because most people don't understand that. So again, it's having a credit card that's in great standing. It's a revolving account for more than two years, at least two years or more in good standing where the utilization is very low, maybe 10% or less. It's been paid every month on time. Now you come to me and say, Dolly, I'm building my credit. I don't have enough credit that's going to help me get to the next level because there's levels to credit. There's levels to this. So you can have a 700 FICO score with nothing reporting with enough length of time. Usually there's a lot of timing involved. So that timing, you could kind of like skip a little bit by adding a trade line and authorized users. So you come to me and you say, Dolly, I need to build my credit. And I say, okay, great. I'm going to add you as an authorized user on my American Express card. So what that happens, or maybe a Visa card, what happens is, is I call my lender and say, hey, I'm going to add Nicole. She is my authorized user. Now, what happens? Usually people are like, but wait a minute, does that give Nicole access to your account? Well, no, not necessarily, because it's you can be in control of that. You can add pins, passwords, but at the end of the day, the person that needs help is not going to do something like that. So you're going to add the authorized user account. You're going to call your bank. I'm going to add Nicole. In the next billing cycle, that trade line that I've had handled all these years is going to be reporting on your credit report, on Nicole's credit report, which is going to help boost the FICO score. It's going to help the debt to income ratio. And it's also going to help that person that's trying to you, that's trying to build their credit, be able to get access to higher lines of credit that normally they wouldn't because if they did it on their own, it was to have to start with a small three or $500 credit card or, or secure line of credit. 
Okay. That makes sense. So basically when you were young doing it, when you started off, you were educating. This is why education and information is so important because you knew the information. So you were able to tell other people how it could work and not, you know, hurt themselves or hurt their report, but still help you. And because you guys were friends and they were able and willing to do that. That's cool. I love that. She helped me a great deal. And then there was another person that I had. So I kept adding these aligns accounts from friends because people also don't have access to friends that are going to do that or that have the credit to do that. So you can buy these trade lines. So it is a business like people sell trade lines, you know, some people, you know, frown upon it, but it's not, there's nothing wrong with it. As long as two people agree, that's what they want to do. So that helped me be able to boost my credit score faster, get access to higher lines of credit faster, as opposed to establishing a secure line of credit at a slow pace. $300 here, $500, that's too slow. It takes time. Uh, It can be done, but how do we get there quicker through the trade line authorizers? Okay. And then how did you leverage that to leverage the good credit? Because you've spent all this time, all these years searching and doing, you know, making sure your credit was on point and educating yourself. So now what was the next step once you got the credit to a certain level? How did you leverage that into... Everything happened like God has, like man has a plan, like the Bible says, but then God has his plan. Like, even though I've like, you know, this from young, I've been in these real estate books. I've been interested in, in creating, getting assets. And then I know about credit because then I know how to leverage it. Now, I, you know, I'm a college student coming out. I graduated. Now I'm looking for a position. So my first job out of school was at a real estate law firm in White Plains. And we did everything there, mostly residentials. We did wills, trusts, and estates. So that's where I learned a lot about, you know, how to invest, right? So I was the legal assistant because at the time I was thinking about pursuing law school. So I have excellent credit. I'm pursuing law school, but I want to work after, you know, I graduated from university at Albany. I was like, well, maybe let me take a break. And I started working at this firm and this firm, this is where I learned everything. This is where I was able to start investing because I started to get the deal from the attorney, which I was his right-hand person, from the inception of, you know, from the offer memorandum, it would come into our office and he was dealing with like big real estate companies like Douglas Elliman, you know, Coldwell Banker, and even the Cochran's, you know, like we were dealing with big time real estate in New York, Westchester County, New York City. So it would come into our desk and I was the person to handle that, take it from the beginning all the way to the closing, like from reviewing title, making sure title was clear, making sure conditions were satisfied on the mortgage, if there was financing included, all these things and all these scenarios. So I'm over here in this and I'm like, I'm in it, but how do I get in this? Right. So I started networking with the right people and leveraging my credit because I had access to mortgage brokers. I ended up getting in the mortgage business at this time. So now I'm understanding financing and how I can help myself with my own investment properties from the knowledge that I've I've gathered from over the years and being at the law firm. So I was able to understand the legality of closing in New York due to the experience I had at that law firm. So I started buying my own deals. I started doing 100% financing, 6% seller's concession, you know, three family, four family homes, single family homes, renting them to families. And that's how I started in the investment part of it, leveraging my credit with no money at all. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the economy and just like a high level view of what's going on right now in today's environment, because, okay, we've had this the longest period ever of super low interest rates, but now we have, you know, 
all the extra capital that's put into the system that's making, you know, inflation go crazy. That's mm-hmm. making now they were trying to raise interest rates to kind of decrease the rate of inflation and mm-hmm. like home prices and all like all these different things that working together. So is that even possible to do a hundred percent financing deal right now? And even if it is, is that smart or like what's the strategy that people should be using now with credit and with what's going on in the entire, like the economic system today? Yes. Awesome question too, because again, there's nothing new under the sun. So I did survive that last recession barely. It was horrible, but I learned a lot from that because it's pretty much where we are now. It's kind of similar with the interest rates going up. We also see uh, food shortages. We also see, so we have to be creative again. So if there's nothing new under the sun, investment like real estates are cyclical, then we always have to adjust accordingly. That doesn't mean that we're going to be in a bad place. We just adjust and put ourselves in a position where you're not going to be at a major loss. So of course, leveraging business credit at any situation, at any economy can be done. It just has to be done wisely. So if interest rates are going up, we already know like, well, how do we leverage what's happening now with it? Well, should we buy real estate now? Because interest rates are going up. Well, of course, because you can still always find deals. But I say coming together as a group of people is always best. Get into these type of investments now to hedge inflation. Like if you have great credit and you have two or three other people that you guys work together or your friends, it doesn't have to be only like people that you do business. If you guys can hang together, then you guys can invest together and put yourself in a better position. So I tell people, listen, if I have excellent credit and Nicole has excellent credit, and we create an LLC, we can get up to 150000 of unsecured funding in our entities, right? With strong credit, right? So that's 200000 already that we can create. And that's on a small level because you could get 150, 200, but let's say 100,000 just for easy math. That's 200 grand. Let's say we have a third person, that's 300 grand that now we can get unsecured funding at 0% APR. Even though interest rates are going high, with financing, you can leverage business funding at a 0% APR for six to 18 months and use those funds to reinvest in something that's going to bring you a higher return. So now when it's time to pay it back, it's a win-win scenario. You can transfer the balances so that if you have to get more time while your project is going to bring you back your return. So it's all about being creative. Now we could sit down and come up with different scenarios. So that's what I love to do. Like sit down with masterminds and come up with ideas of how we can hedge inflation. Because at the end of the day, the stock market is not doing too great. I know a lot of people that have lost money. So it's like diversification is great, but it's like, to me, real estate is like, no matter what, whether interest rates are going down or high, you can always make a nice return in real estate from the inception, from the beginning, when you get into the deal, from the very beginning, so you get to the deal, your exit strategy is there. You already know there's money there when you get in. So that's the type of deals that I get into, but that would be something that I would, you know, mastermind with other mastermind and business owners or investors who want to leverage their credit because most people only know credit from like, oh, let me go get financing from a lender, not knowing how they can do it through another way. Like, let's go the business funding way. Let's get the money from there. We can put it here. Then we can move around and we can keep doing this and over and over with different joint venture partners. So if we're doing partnerships in real estate, we have a lot of people, then we can always work with everyone in this group doing the same thing. I repeat. Yeah. Okay. That's what I like to hear. So basically you can work on your, if your personal credit is bad, work on that, 
you know, whatever strategies that you're saying, maybe you have a friend who has good credit and has some credit lines that they're willing to, even if you have to pay a little bit for it, like just do it. Not everything in life is free, you know, like, so if you have the bigger plan of what you want to do, then it will be worth you paying a little bit to have that good report on your trade line so that like now you can increase your credit and like increase it to a higher level faster than you would have been able to do otherwise. And then after that, now you can open up a business in LLC, talk to someone like Dale and get your business credit set up and your personal credit is good. You can PG business credit and then build from there and kind of trying to come together with a group of people, friends or business and make sure that you can now get an asset and use the credit funding. So you don't, it's funny that all this information is out there. People are looking for ways up and Mm -hmm. they don't realize that you don't have to sit and save for 10 years before you can buy your first asset. It's not a requirement. Absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. Time is money, right? The velocity of time, right? So time is money. So even if you're working a nine to five job and you have a 401k, or if you have self-directed IRA, whatever you have going on at the end of the day, you still should branch off and say, well, let me do another branch of business funding because now I have that, I have that, I have that. Now I have my mastermind team because everyone on your team may not have excellent credit and that's great. But if we all work together and help so-and-so to get stronger, just like all of us are, now we have a strong team of people that can get access to funding. Now we have funding power. Now we can get 500 grand. We got five people. That's 500,000. 10 people, a million dollars. I mean, imagine that you could use those funds for a down payment for the deal. You could do it for closing costs. It, it can help with renovation costs, whatever you have to do with the investments to help you refinance and cash it out. That's how you do it without having to say, well, oh my God, how am I going to get you know, a hard money lender? You know, You could even do hard money lending and business funding together. It's all about creativity. Yeah. Okay. This is great. Cause you know, there's that whole mindset of people who are completely against debt and they don't want to use debt, but at the same time, you don't realize that your dollar is debt and that our whole U S economy is based off of debt. So why not leverage it wisely? Like if you're using it to buy assets that appreciate and cash flow. You know what I mean? It's just different than just consumer debt because you put something on your credit card because you want to buy some clothes. You know, if you're no liabilities, no exactly. liabilities. Exactly. All these leverage, all doing is leveraging for assets because that's the key. It's not to go ahead and go into a deeper debt. The debt is to be used, you know, wisely. Okay, well, let's get together. We're going to get debt. Debt is going to be whether you're buying, whether you're getting more financing for uh, 200 units, that's debt also. Everything's going to be debt, but the debt is going to, is learning how to use the debt, you know, wisely to be able to reinvest it in a way that's going to bring you a higher return in a time frame where it's going to be able to cover the debt in itself to service that debt because servicing that debt and it doesn't have to kill you. It's not like, okay, I got to pay this hard money. The hard money lender gives you X amount of time, right? With business funding, it's not like that. Worst case scenario, if you have six to 18 months and you get to the 18 months and you still haven't been able to finish your project, you transfer that balance to another 0% credit card. Yep. Okay. So we're wrapping up, but I want to ask you one more thing. So you actually have a business credit business and you help people with this. Mm -hmm. So can you just give me like an example or two or someone like success story, one of your clients, what their situation was before versus like how you were able to help them and what happened afterwards? Well, I'm going to mention one. He works a full-time job. He's also a nine to fiver. He works with an airline. He's an engineer. Didn't even have an LLC. Didn't have a corporate, nothing registered. Like that's where it all starts. 
Once he got his, I told, we spoke about it. A lot of people don't really understand what business credit is. They know personal credit, but if you know personal credit is important, what do you think business credit is? It's just as important, right? So he didn't have anything at all, nothing. So we helped him. We started a while. We started building his business credit, started getting him visibility with the business reporting agencies like Duns and Bradstreet, Equifax, and Experian Commercial. Little by little, we started going there. He has excellent credit too. He has an 800 FICO. We were able to get him over a hundred grand, a hundred thousand with a new startup business. He was able to take that money and buy, he bought two office buildings with that here in Atlanta, Georgia. Like, And he's renting them out and fixing them up to turn them into like spaces for other business owners and virtual office spaces, which I also gave him that idea because I said, well, why not? People need virtual office spaces, even though their actual office is not physically there so that they can help build business credit is one of the criterias for business building, for you know effective business credit building. So he said, that's a great idea. So it's all about creativity. Now he owns real estate. He has an entity. He's helping other people. He's still learning, but it's like, I appreciate people that want to grow. And even if they don't know, they're just going to leap. Okay, I'm going to try it. That's the key. Go and go for it. Stop overthinking it, you know? Wait, wait, don't go yet. Have you been looking for a way to get started in real estate investing, but you just don't know how? You need the Launchpad. It's brought to you by my company, Norvest Holdings. And the Launchpad is a free guide with a ton of resources I've compiled to help you invest into your first real estate syndication. It includes terminology, book resources, video explanations, all the information that you need. Don't know what a syndication is? I got you covered. How to find a good operator. How to even tell if a deal is good or not without having to know how to underwrite it all. It's all in there. The Launchpad is designed to help launch you into the next stage of your investing career and get you invested into your first multifamily syndication as a passive investor, meaning you can be a landlord and own a piece of a large apartment building, but still go about your day-to-day life without having to stop and learn every single detail about what's under the hood and how it all works. The link to the guide is in the show notes. Make sure you sign up today. Again, this is a free resource and guide. And if you have any questions at all, please feel free to reach out to me. Now let's finish up the show. Last couple of questions I want to ask you. We have the same questions that I'm asking every guest. Number one, Warren Buffett said that diversification is a protection against ignorance. And I take that to mean people diversify mainly because they don't really know what they're doing. So they have to diversify to hedge their risk, right? What's Uh your take on that? I believe in diversification, but I also believe that if you hoe in and put your energy into your craft, it can really bring large rewards. You don't have to go into so many different places. But I like diversification because when the economy is like this, certain industries are not doing too strong. Like they're normally doing like people that, you know, like they do taxes every year for others. You know, they're busy during this time of year. But after that, then it's not the same, even though they've made a nice kind of, you know, some good money during that time. But it's like, now it's like, that's why diversifying and putting it somewhere else is important. If you have a nine to five W2 income, that's what 50% tax. So if you don't diversify on the other side of the spectrum, then how are you winning? So you have to diversify in certain scenarios in life, depending on how that impacts you. Because if you're self-employed and you only have one form of income and that business slows down and you don't have nothing else, then what happens then? So for that aspect and being able to have streams, that's what I have. I know that it's helped me a lot. 
to have streams and to be creative and create new streams that maybe connect to the other streams already that I already offer. Yes. I love it. Perfect. Okay. Other question. You played Monopoly before, right? Yes. Okay. So Boardwalk or Baltic, which is, you know, one of the first cheapest. Yeah, I know. All right. So which one and why? Wow. That's, you know, again, there's levels to this. So where I'm at right now, I would say Boardwalk, but I would probably have said Baltic like maybe 10 years ago. But I would say Boardwalk now. Why? Because it's legacy real estate. It's like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you would get paid, your family's family would get paid, your sons and their children. It's like, if you play, I would buy and hold that and just hold it. So Baltic, I don't know, that might not be something that you might want to buy and hold. That might be something you can just wholesale. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point too. Baltic might be a flip. A Baltic's flip, not, right? not generational. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh man, Dolly, this was great. Thanks for joining in with us. I loved it. Can you tell people how should they get in contact with you if they want to talk more, if they want to hear about services that you offer or potentially be a client or even just to network with you? Absolutely. Please feel free to reach out to me. I'm on LinkedIn, Dolly Garcia. That's D-A-L-L-E Garcia, G-A-R-C-I-A. My company's called Gold Crown Credit, LLC. And we uh, nationwide, we help every you know people everywhere. And please call me, contact me with your questions. You can reach out to me at info at goldcrowncredit.com. And I love to educate business owners, even people that don't have a business and are thinking about considering starting something. I mean, we help startups. Don't feel like, oh my God, I'm a startup. I can't get access to funding. We fund startups. Like you could just register your entity yesterday and get funded with us. Okay. All right. Well, all I know, guys, is I'm trying to be in Dally's mastermind so I could get my business credit together and we could put our business credit together and we could buy some assets together. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh, man. I just put it out there. I put it in public so she can't tell me no. No, and definitely not. And we're also looking for joint venture credit partners. So if you know anyone that has excellent credit and wants to join Nicole or I into some real estate investing and may want to leverage their funding, their credit to get business funding, contact us. We're looking for joint ventures all the time. Nice. I love it. Well, guys, there you have it. Another episode of the Share the Wealth Show. I hope you got tons of information. If you didn't, you need to re-listen because there were all these gems inside of there. And in any case, I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks, Dolly. Wealthy. Did you love this episode of Share the Wealth Show? Be sure to connect with Nicole by following her on LinkedIn, Instagram, or Facebook. If you picked up any of the gems that were dropped by today's guest, make sure you not only put them in your bag, but if you know of someone who would benefit from this information, don't keep it to yourself. Share the wealth and make sure to leave us a rating and review. We'll see you for next week's episode. Subscribe so you'll be notified. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs) 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.